0: Hi, I'm Shelley Wood, the Managing Editor for Heartwire. My guests here today are Dr. Harvey White, Dr. Franz Messerly. and our topic today is one that's quite dear to my heart. I'm calling it the newsification of medical news. We'll get to that in a moment because what I want to start with is the idea of the pace of medical research or the reporting of it seemingly picking up pace. Uh, This might just be my impression, but I'm gonna throw it out to um, the physicians here to see what they say. Uh, Dr. White, we talked before we started rolling here about the phenomenon of simultaneous publication of papers while we're at medical meetings. For sure,
1: for sure, there are some good points. Uh, you can look at the paper the same day. There's the p-value, 0.04. There's the primary endpoint. There's the hypothesis. But there's a downside. And I think it's a serious downside. And that's the process of, of peer review at scientific uh, meetings. And I like to go back to what I think was the first simultaneous publication.
0: And, and just to clarify, we're talking about at one of the large medical meetings, a, a, a major trial is presented, but you also get to see it in the journal.
1: Exactly, right? so at this meeting we've got phase two trials. All, almost all the hotlines are simultaneously published. Now a scientific f- meeting for me is a discourse between investigators, physicians, translation of that information, feedback, and discussion. And all of that should be incorporated into a journal, which may come out several weeks later, or months, Mm -hmm. or even years in some of the uh, previous times. I went to the 4S uh, presentation, which was in 1994. And they had a simultaneous publication. So this was Simvastatin Reducing Mortality, a landmark trial, proof of the cholesterol hypothesis. It was simultaneously published. The first question, second question, perhaps, was what was the relationship between LDL and outcome? And the investigators said they hadn't got that analysis ready. And the paper was published. And there are multiple other examples I can give. And then they had to republish a second paper giving this analysis in the Lancet. For investigators in trials, it's enormously irritating as well. You have a simultaneous publication which may have 12 authors on, you're the number 13 or number 20. You've never seen it, you worked on the trial for four years, you've never had input. You have the question which says, what's the relationship with bleeding with aspirin? It's not in the paper, not being done. So from the scientific point of view, I think there's a a terrible, downside.
0: Right, so that's the academic perspective and then related to that and of course you could weigh in, of course, but uh, what about this? the physician, the practicing physician who might be attending the meeting has a well, paper. You'd think that might be an advantage. You
2: know, one reason to present the paper at the meeting is that it is exposed to an audience and the audience is critical and will ask questions and these questions need to be answered and they may actually modify the results, and therefore, if the paper is then published later, it's much more mature mm-hmm. because it already has been exposed to a critical audience, yeah. which uh, and has been corrected accordingly. So I think th- this was in the past a very important process. You also have to consider that when you go 20 years back or so, that you know a paper was presented and then you wrote it up, and then you submitted it, and then it was peer-reviewed, and then it finally was published, and from the time of publication till it was in the textbook, it took another five to 10 years. So until it really trickled down to the practicing physician, it was probably 10 to 15 years, uh, uh, which is not acceptable by today's standards at all.
0: Sure, but that's my question, I suppose, is that in part, we do want this information. I'm I'm not a physician, I'm a journalist. I am thirsty for the information. Physicians want to get these results as soon as possible. But I'm worried that, um, or perhaps just questioning whether in the rush to get it out there and to get your name in lights and to get it published and to get it reported on by a medical reporter, is, um, is there the possibility that medicine as a practice is adversely affected? Are patients at risk of perhaps not getting the best care? Or are they getting better care because they're getting these things perhaps faster?
1: I think it's a challenge. I I think the priority, however, should be scientific uh, accuracy, scientific discourse, and discussion. Some of the journals have active correspondence uh, columns. Some don't. Mm -hmm. And there's been simultaneous publication at this meeting of work which I think has not gone through even the two reviewer process uh, appropriately. Uh, So there are some serious uh, misgivings about it.
2: There is another example, um, as you may remember. Most recently, in the Lancet Neurology, was published that ARBs yes. cause cancer. Big and news l- Yes, <laughs> uh, uh, and you know, and when you look at the data critically, and we have done so, there is very little, if anything, that's to be concerned about. Right. But nevertheless, this was spread, not necessarily by the medical news media, but by the general news media to all the patients who then walk into my office and ask and take time of the visit to, uh, to discuss this issue. Am I a doctor at risk of developing yeah. cancer because of safety? So well, I there are some drawbacks, serious increasingly,
0: drawbacks. I have a physician saying to me or perhaps posting a comment in the forum on theheart.org saying, I can't believe that's in JAMA. I can't believe the Lancet accepted that. And I'm wondering if, again, that hunger for sexy new results is causing the journals to compete more by publishing these things, and to some extent they are um, competing with all the websites out there, the heart.org being one of them. Is, are you seeing that, that some things well, that you would never have thought would make the cut before? Shelley,
2: many journals run on the impact factor, yeah. and when you have a paper like this, it, has to, it will be quoted, there's absolutely no question. Even if it's complete BS, it will have to be quoted because yeah. you need to correct it. And so so the impact factor goes up by doing so. And I that's unfortunate.
1: I think for patients, however, um, they're probably not harmed as well as, as long as the guideline process is Isn't delayed effective. and is paused. So there are sort of approaches that you shouldn't And for us, as practicing physicians, perhaps we should pause for three months, (laughs) let the dust settle before we start saying, this is a landmark study, Mm -hmm. this will change my practice, and so forth. Because there's other things that
2: go on, including the correspondence uh, columns, which uh, are active. Actually, that's a very good point, Harvey. Uh, I just wanted to say the three months period. Because then you have the letters to the editors coming in and being critical of the right. study. And you can digest it and you know, look at the pros and cons much more easily than before. Yeah. So, so, here's so the heart.org does that very well.
0: Well, this is a reporterly question that I often ask myself. So uh, a paper comes out in The Lancet. I talk to two people who tell me, that's bunk. You shouldn't even report on it. We say, well, it's in The Lancet. I think this, we should do our interviews. We should make, you know, not make a story of this, but tell the story of this. What's, what's the option there? Do we ignore it? Do we make sure we talk to as many people as possible? We're all under deadline. Do you, well, should, is it ever wise to ignore a no, paper?
1: No. I mean, the huge advances in science have come from the skeptic. Mm-hmm. and the outlier. And so something that, even if the majority of people says that, say that's punk, uh, deserves to be reported and discussed. Okay. So right. I, I'm online with what you do.
0: OK. And speaking of online, what about reading papers online? We, uh, do you wait for your print edition to come, or are you reading the early online released at 7 PM paper?
1: <laughs> you do both. I, I uh, like it online. There it is. I find it hard to file in my mind, when was that published, if I yeah. sort of go back. But that's a secondary thing, because you just can't find it on Google anyway now. Right. And I do. L- I can't read on the screen. It's slower. It's inaccurate. Um, and studies have shown that. So I print it out.
0: OK, Dr. Messer. I
2: always print it out, do you uh, absolutely. Okay. I just need to, because I need to have something in hand, so to speak. Right. Gives me more confidence, as silly as it sounds. So, yeah. uh, so that's so, the
0: all these different do. formats that I think about a lot, which is, um, I don't think about the print journal, but I do think about uh, news websites like the heart.org. I think about various blogs. Mm-hmm. All of the uh, various um, associations now have their own home pages where they've got bells and whistles with video, and, and um, is it too much? Are you, um, are you reading uh, blogs, are you reading press releases sent by the uh, s- cardiology associations? How are you filtering all of that sort of inter- information, newsification, deluge?
2: I don't know whether or not I'm ef- efficacious in doing so, and you know what the best method is. But you know, you select your journals, you select your online websites, uh, for one one way or the other. Yeah. And I think I'm pretty good in doing so. When I compare it to my cardiology fellows, yep. I am able to teach them something. That's good. So. Uh, to be uh,
0: able to keep but I cannot something.
2: give you a good method how to do it best. Yeah,
0: it seems to me it's a full-time job.
1: So I think you, you, you have affections for sites, and you have affections for opinions. Arnold Roman, the editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, uh, once said that the best review that he gets is the review that says all these terrible things about a paper. Mm. And so that sets it. That's the worst that can be said. So when I go to heart.org, the uh, commentators who I know will tear the study to bits and say, there's nothing here, there's nothing new, waste of time. I read that because it sets the frame. Okay, that's where it is. Now I look at the study myself. I look at another opinion leader's uh, point of view, and I frame it uh, for the work we do, which ultimately is caring for patients.
0: Okay. Well, there's a million, a million other questions I could ask about this, but uh, I think we'll leave it at that. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Thank Thanks you, sir. So Thank you.